We're on Yavamos Tzadi Beis Amabeis 92B. As we continue in the discussion of the prohibition of Yavamalashuk, that if there is a woman who is supposed to be doing Yibam or Chalitza, her husband passed away without any children, and she's supposed to either marry her brother in law or do some form of a divorce, some form of Chalitza with the brother in law, and instead of doing that, she marries somebody else, somebody from the outside. So that is not allowed. Now there's a question whether or not it's, it's an ordinary negative commandment and there's a question whether or not that is halachically recognized as a marriage. Even according to the Chachamim. We know that there's a dispute between the Chachamim, the majority against Rabbi Akiva. Um, what, which types of marriages, pro- prohibitions, uh, are halachically recognized as a marriage and which ones aren't? According to Rabbi Akiva, as long as it's a negative commandment, uh, it is not rec- it is not recognized as a marriage, and according to the Chachamim, you know, if it's an ordinary negative commandment, it is recognized as a marriage. They have to get divorced, but legally it's recognized as a marriage, and therefore they have to go through a regular divorce. And uh, if it's a prohibition of where the punishment is kare, so of an early death, it's a severe punishment. So then, it would not be halakhically recognized. Now we had a dispute be- between Rav and Shmuel. Even according to the Chachamim, that an ordinary negative commandment is legally recognized. However, in this case of Yavam Lashuk, of a woman who marries somebody uh, for, uh, be- before doing Yibam or Chalitza, Rav says that based on the verse, it's uh, it's not legally recognized as a marriage. And according to Shmuel, he wasn't really sure. He thought that we have to be stringent and uh, be concerned that maybe it is legally recognized as a marriage. Okay. So continues the Gemara, Amr of Gidel, Amr of Chia Bar Yosef, Amr Rav. Rav says, Yevama Kiddushin Einba Nisuin Yeshba. Rav has the following statement. It's an unclear statement. He says, while it's true according to Rav himself, uh, there is no halachic engagement. We do not recognize it as a halachic engagement. But if it was an actual marriage, so then that would be recognized. We would recognize it as an actual Marriage, meaning not just the if it wasn't just the engagement part, essentially uh, giving a ring or a document, uh, that would be the, the engagement. That's not recognized, but the marriage itself, living together, living under the same roof, the chuppah, that is recognized as uh, as a marriage. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. If there's no kiddushin, if the, if the halachic uh, form of kiddushin, of engagement, does not work, so then the marriage itself won't work either. So says the Gemara, three answers, three ways to explain this, because it was a strange statement of Rav. So how do you understand this? If the engagement doesn't work, the marriage doesn't work. So the Gemara says, Ema kiddushin v'nisuin einba. You know, answer number one is, you know what, you're right. You have to change the language a little bit and say that nothing works. What he really meant to say was that nothing works. The halachic engagement doesn't work. The actual marriage doesn't work. Nothing works. That's answer number one. Answer number two, Viva Yisema, my nesua yeshba biznos, kedirav hamnuna damar hamnuna shemer yavma. We know, what is it, what's the idea here? Not that it's recognized as a marriage. Even in answer number two, it's not recognized as a marriage. What it means here is as follows. In general, in a regular marriage, if a woman commits adultery, she's not allowed to return back to her husband. She has, she has to get divorced. That's uh, a prohibition. Also the ball, also the ball. She not, can't get married to the one that she has committed adultery with. She cannot stay with her husband. 
Now, what about in our case? In our case of, of the case of Yibam, of potential Yibam, where, um, where she's supposed to, she has this connection to her brother-in-law, she's supposed to do either Yibam, i.e. marry him, or do a form of divorce, do Chalitza. Instead, she marries somebody else. Well, when it's a halachic engagement, they don't have marital relations. They don't have sexual relations. When they actually get married, to them they have sexual relations. So the only time that there's a possibility that we say that maybe she cannot return back to her yavam, to the brother-in-law, is if she has sexual relations. So marriage is really just a code word for the fact that she had sexual relations in this context, where it's not uh, completely adultery because they're not married yet, but they're, they're waiting to get, they're waiting to, to do yavam. So in such a scenario, Rav Hamdun is of the opinion that if she commits adultery, she's not allowed, it's forbidden for her to do yibam afterwards. She cannot get married to the brother-in-law because it's a form of adultery. Rashi points out that this is not so simple. This is actually a dispute. Rav Ashi argues and says that no, uh, she could return uh, and go ahead and do yibam if she commits adultery. But this whole answer, this whole answer number two, is essentially saying marriage, not recognized, but it's code word for the fact that she committed adultery or a form of adultery uh, she had sexual relations within this context where she's waiting to do Yibam or Chalitza. Answer number three. Essentially, answer number three is saying that the case in which we say that there's a difference between halachic engagement and halachic marriage is specifically in the following context, the context that we were discussing in previous recordings, where we have witnesses. The witnesses said that the husband first died and then their child. So when, when she was relying on the witnesses, and uh, based on the witnesses, she's allowed to marry somebody from the outside. There's no there's no mitzvah of yibum. There's no concept of yibum because uh, she is she has children at the time of the death of her husband. She has children then. Afterwards, after she either has a halachic engagement or after she's married, witnesses now come back and they say, you know what, really it's flipped around and really first the child died and then at the time that the husband died, they had no children. Really there is a mitzvah of yibam and really she should be doing uh, yibam. So the Gemara now is saying in that scenario where she did something in between, thinking that she's allowed to marry somebody else without doing yibam, so in between, there's a difference whether it was a halakhic engagement or it was an actual marriage. What would be the difference, whether it's a halakhic engagement or a marriage? Even if it's a marriage, uh, let's say she's still allowed to go back to, to, to do yibam. Why would we differentiate between the two? The answer is because you're going to confuse it with the other case of where witnesses falsely testify. Meaning as follows. If we had one witness who said that the husband died, this is going back to the previous Mishnah. We have one witness who said the husband died, uh, and then she is gets engaged. Uh, so there's a difference whether or not she gets engaged or she gets married. If it's just an engagement, that's our Mishnah. And if she's only engaged after one witness t- says that the husband died, and then the husband comes back, so then she's allowed to return back to her husband. It's permissible for her to return back to her husband because she never had sexual relations. It was only a halachic engagement. By a halachic engagement, they never had sexual relations. But if she gets married to somebody else in between, and really the husband was alive the whole time, that she's not allowed to go back to, to her original husband because she had sexual relations. She married somebody in between. The husband was, was really alive the whole time because the, te- the testimony was false from that one witness. So therefore, in our case also, in our case, 
where it's not really about testifying about the death of the husband. It's really, everybody agrees that the husband died. It's really just a question of whether or not there's an obligation to do yibum or not. So the Gemara here too says that we're going to differentiate between whether or not uh, she had sexual relations, i.e. she married the other guy, or whether there was only a halachic engagement. And the reason why we'll make such a distinction is because we, we don't want people to get confused with regards to the law in the case where it's just one witness who testifies that the husband died. And then the husband come back, comes back. And just like in that case, when the husband comes back, we say there's a difference whether or not uh, she entered into a marriage and had sexual relations or whether it was just an engagement. So, so too in this case as well, when the uh, when the Aiden, when the witnesses said that the husband died first, if she marries somebody and she had sexual relations, she now cannot do Yibam because we, we want to make a parallel that she, that she cannot go, just like in the case of one witness, she cannot go back to her, her original husband if she had sexual relations. And also, if it was just an engagement and she didn't have sexual relations, so then she could go ahead and go do Yibam. That is answer number three for the Gemara. The Gemara now says, Amar Rabbi Yana. Rabbi Yana says, Bechabura nimnu begamru. In the end of the day, what is the law? Do we say in a case of Yavam Lashuk where the, um, where the, the woman who is supposed to be doing, doing Yibam or Chalitza ends up marrying somebody else? Is that, or, or even engaged to somebody else, is that recognized as a halakhic engagement? No. We follow like Rav, Ein Kiddushin Tovsin B'Yavama. It does not, it's not recognized as, a, as an engagement. It's not recognized as a marriage. It's not recognized at all. So that's what Rabbi Yana says. So Amr le Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says to Rabbi Yana, Rabbi, lo mishtasenu hizu. I can prove, this is a Mishnah. What are you telling me that we follow Rav? I can even show it to you from the Mishnah. Why? We have the following Mishnah. The, nah, the Mishnah tells us, Ha'omer li'isha hareya mikdashesli. If you tell a woman, that I'm going to be, I'm getting engaged to you. This is the, the, the process of getting engaged. You say, I want to get engaged to you. But it's la'achar she'eskayer, after I convert, meaning I'm not Jewish. I want to get married to you. I can't get married to you if I'm not Jewish. But I'm telling you right now, we are engaged when I convert. Or la'achar she'eskayer, or when you convert. La'achar she'eskayer, when I become free. Meaning I was a non-Jewish slave, and then I become free, so then I become Jewish. Or or when you become Jewish, essentially, by being freed. freed. What's another case? We're becoming engaged from now when your husband dies. He tells somebody who's mar- currently married and says, I'm, get- I'm, getting get- I'm getting engaged to you for it to work once your husband dies. Or let's say uh, the guy who says, I'm getting engaged to you, is married to this woman's sister. Now he cannot marry his sister-in-law, his, his wife's. Uh, sister, and so he says that I'm getting engaged to you not now, but when my wife, your sister, dies. Or the last case, and that the, the last case is the most important for our case. Or I'm going to become engaged to you after you go ahead and do chalitza from your brother-in-law. I Meaning you're supposed to be doing chalitza or yibam. You decide we're going to get engaged uh, as long as. You do chalitza. In all these cases, it does not work to attempt to do such a, an engagement when it's a time when the engagement will not work. Uh, it's something that's called it doesn't exist yet. There's no possibility for it to exist yet. You cannot become engaged right now. So then you also cannot say, I want to get engaged once once you become available. Either once you become Jewish or 
uh, once uh, your husband dies. All of these cases, it doesn't work. Included in all of these cases is the case where it's once uh, once uh, the the brother-in-law does chalitza to you. The implication is therefore that right now to attempt to do to get engaged would not work. That's why it doesn't work because it's something which can only take place later on, but it cannot take place right now. That means, like Rav, that if they were to attempt to, to get engaged, it would not work. And so therefore we have a Mishnah, which seems exactly like Rav, it seems exactly like Rav Yanai, that even the attempt uh, to get engaged outside, when, when you're supposed to be doing Yubim Chalitza, you, get, you attempt to get engaged to somebody else, from the outside, it will not work. And that's why even to use a language that I'm getting engaged to you once you do Chalitza, it will not work because right now you cannot get engaged to somebody else. You cannot get engaged to the person who is attempting to get engaged to you. So this proves to us that uh, that she cannot, it will not be recognized as an engagement. So that's what Rabbi Yochanan tells Rabbi Yanai. Amar says, Rabbi Yanai says back, wasn't for the fact, he uses a phrase here that if it wasn't for the fact that you lifted up the Sharda, we would not have found such a diamond. It's, it's an amazing proof that you're bringing from the Mishnah. So he tells Rabbi Yochanan that this was a great, a great proof from the Mishnah. I thought that we decided to, to follow Rab, but you know what? There's even a proof in the Mishnah. This is all coming from Rabbi Yochanan. Comes Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish is the one who always argues on Rabbi Yochanan. The two of them uh, would be uh, chavrusas. They would they would study with each other and they would uh, they would attack each other. And Rabbi Yochanan said that he needed Reish Lakish. He always needed somebody who would always question what he's saying so that he understands it clearer. So he always needs that other person who is attacking what he's saying. So comes Reish Lakish and he says. Rish Lakish says back, he says, if it wasn't for the fact that Rabbi Yanai praised you about how, how wonderful it is that you found the Mishnah that follows exactly uh, the, the Rav's statement that it's not that the, the engagement will not work, he says, if it wasn't for that, I would have just explained the Mishnah very simply. Who says the Mishnah is going according to the Chachamim, going to the majority that say that in general, uh, the engagement will work in the case of an ordinary negative commandment. Maybe we're going according to Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says anytime there's a prohibition, a negative commandment, so then it's not legally recognized as a marriage. So, so too over here, for her to go ahead and get married to somebody else, when she's supposed to be doing Ibn Rechalitza, that's a negative commandment, so the marriage will not work. And that's the point. That's what our Mishnah is trying to tell us, that the marriage will not work. So just say that this is Rabbi Akiva. So the Gemara says, Whoa, Rabbi Akiva, ki So they say, the Gemara says, Slow down. You're going to tell me that the Mishnah is Rabbi Akiva? What is the whole point of the Mishnah? The whole point of the Mishnah is to tell you that we say, A person doesn't have the ability to right now create some sort of transaction, to create some sort of change in status. When it doesn't exist yet, there's no opportunity to, to do it right now. You cannot say that it will work now for in the future once that possibility exists. You don't have the ability to do that. And that's why you want to say that the author of that mission is Rabbi Kiva, but Rabbi Kiva is the one who holds uh, that a person really could be Makna. Don't we learn that that that, that Rabbi Kiva holds that it really could work, that that really it does work, that even though it's not around right now, that possibility is not around right now either. The, the item is not around right now, as we will see, or 
the ability of the person right now it didn't convert yet or is currently married, the woman's currently married, in all of these scenarios, Rabbi Kiva says that it does in fact work. You are able to do that. And if Rabbi Kiva says you're able to do that, so then he certainly cannot be the author of the Mishnah. The whole point of the Mishnah is to describe all these different cases where it will not work because since the engagement cannot take place right now, you cannot stipulate that it should take place in the future. Uh, that won't work. But according to Rabbi Kiva, it should work. Why not? He holds a person could make such a sale. And they could make such a transaction. So why doesn't it work? So this now opens up the topic to a totally new topic. We are essentially done with the topic of Yavam Shuk of a woman who uh, gets married to somebody else when she's supposed to be doing Yibam Mechlitza. Is that recognized as marriage? Is that not recognized as marriage? We're done with that topic. And now we move on to this new topic of does a person have the ability to sell something or to buy something which doesn't currently exist or it doesn't exist to the owner. The owner has to still buy it. Um, does that work? Does it not work? What is the logic behind that? What are the reasons? That will all be discussed in the next daf on daf Tzad de Gimel on 93. That is a major discussion uh, which we will get into. Whether or not that works or that doesn't work. Right now the Gemara wants to suggest according to Rabbi Kiva that it, it works. You're allowed to do such a such a transaction even though it doesn't currently exist. It will work in the future once it does exist. Um, and that's the position of Rabbi Kiva as of now in the Gemara. And we will see the whole back and forth in the Gemara in the next recording.